Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. a cap in the church somewhere. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Welcome to the house of God, to the house of the living. Can you say amen? amen. And uh, I want to minister a little bit. We're having communion, but I want to minister a little bit on Joshua and uh, how God can use a young man or anybody that gives themselves over to Jesus and obeys the call of God, because when you obey the call of God, then you can only expect the best. When you disobey, you can expect a lot of curses that will come your way, and it's not even worth the trouble of going through all that. So if you're here this morning, hey, open up your heart, let the Word of God just go in, and if it hurts sometimes, just laugh. (laughs) But... Just let God do whatever he wants to do, is what I'm saying. Amen. So, let's go over to the book of Joshua, and let's go over to verse 1. The book of Joshua, verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister. So, that's a a pretty good uh, word right there, where he was ministering to Moses, In other words, he was the servant that was serving Moses. Matter, he even served him food. He washed his clothes. He did every errand that he had to do for Moses. And that was his training. A lot of times we think that that's not training. We think sometimes that they're using us. This man allowed himself to be used to accomplish what God wanted to accomplish in his life. So he was under that covering of Moses. When you're under the covering of a man of God, whether you know it or not, you're picking up a lot of stuff that he's doing. Not only are you seeing it, but the impartation that's headed to your heart and to your spirit, it goes deeper than what you see. Deeper than what you see. And you'd be surprised how much, how much they put into you without you even knowing until you end up by yourself. Then it all comes out. So he was a servant, a minister that would minister to Moses. Now Moses was a powerful man. He wasn't just a little puny little person. He was a powerful man of God that he did miracles and he obeyed God and God did everything for him. And what a privilege for Joshua to come into his presence. Anytime you come into the presence of somebody that is doing something, I think you need to listen. You have to have that attentive spirit. You have to become a servant and get rid of your stupidity. Because a lot of times what it is, we think we know it all when we don't know nothing. And if God is going to do something, God has to empty you out. 
before he could do something in you. You have to become a servant. Now, he grew up, and as he's growing up, the Bible says that as he went up to the mountain, Joshua was in the bottom of the mountain. And the scripture says that the whole place shook. The earth shook. There was an earthquake there. And then he saw the fire going on up, up in that mountain. And the Bible says that he was there. When Moses came down, he saw the face of Moses. And he saw that the glory of God was all over him. And he saw how God used Moses and how the impartation slowly was going into Joshua. Because the earth was shaking while Moses was in the mountain. I don't know about you, I'd be pretty scared to feel the shaking and the thundering and the fire that was taking place in that mountain. But knowing Moses, he probably said, you know what, my, my, my spiritual father is not acting or reacting to anything. So if he's not reacting to anything, I'm just going to stay here and glorify God on the bottom of this mountain until he comes back. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to create anything. I'm not going to think that I know it all. I'm just going to do what I've been doing all this time. See, sometimes we get really off because we want to do it our way. And your way is not God's way. Way. <laughs> so that was the introduction there. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, rise, go over this Jordan, thou and all the people unto the land, which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I was unto Moses. Now, notice that God does not erase Moses, but God brings Moses in the scene so that he can remember that I respected Moses, and the way I respected Moses, you need to respect him too because I'm going to respect you. But if you disgrace the laws of Moses, I'll disgrace you. So it's pretty intense when you stop and just meditate on all this. So he makes that promise, wherever you set your foot on, that land is going to be yours. Let me tell you something. When you obey God, things come to you, and God gives you things, and you have to recognize that they come from God, not because of your talent, Amen. not because of your own understanding. Amen. These things show up because you're serving God. And you're serving under a man. And when you serve under a man, God begins to bless you. I, I can ask some of you, since you've been here, haven't you been blessed? Yes. Where does that blessing come from? Yes. It comes from God. It comes from your leader. That's the way it works. Whether you like it or not. Whether you say, no, that doesn't work that way. Then go ahead and do it your way. And learn that God's going to slap you around until you get the stupid out of you. Because I know he's done it to me. He's done it to me. And I have to learn and humble myself to accomplish whatever he wants me to accomplish. But he never leaves the leader out. Always places him in front of you. Verse 4, and from the wilderness of this Lebanon unto, unto the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. Wow, that's a lot of land. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee 
all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, again, I will be with thee, and I will not fail you, nor forsake you. Let's pray right there. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your power, your grace, and your anointing that is in this place. I thank you for all the miracles that you have given us. I thank you for all the blessings and all the promises that are yea and amen to the glory of God you've given us. I thank you for this great salvation you've given us. I thank you for health that you have given us. I thank you that we're here in our right minds. I thank you and I glorify your name. In Jesus' name I ask, amen and amen. And here's, here's the su subject here. Verse 6, be strong. Tell your neighbor, be strong. be strong. And of good courage. For unto these people thou shalt divide for thee the inheritance, the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. And here it is again. Only be strong and very courageous that thou mightest observe to do accordingly to the laws which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mightest prosper, therefore thou goest. Woo. So don't look to the left to your reasoning when things are going bad. Don't look to the right. You look to, unto Jesus because he's going to get the job done in your life. Amen. And don't get stuck in your weakness. He says, be strong. He knew that he was going to get weak at one time or another. How many here have ever gotten weak? And then you hear the voice of God say, be strong. Get up. Move on. Put your courage back on. Get to moving forward so that you can accomplish and see what I'm going to bless you with. Because in, if you want the blessing, you've got to be strong enough to move forward and believe God that it's coming to you. Even if you don't see it. Even if you don't see it. Okay, where was I? Verse 7, right? Okay, do I start at verse 7 or do I skip verse 7? Okay, only be strong. Thank you, congregation. And very courageous that thou mightest observe to do according to the laws which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from them to the right or to the left, that thou mightest prosper in whatsoever thou goest. This book of the law, wow, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mightest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy ways prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Hallelujah. Lift up your Bible up in the air. That's the, that's the Word of God. And when you read the Word of God, God says, I'm going to prosper you because you're keeping your eyes on the Word of God. The Word of God has so much so much power and so many blessings that God will accomplish everything that he said he was going to do. In verse 9, have I not commanded thee, be strong, there's a voice again, of good courage, be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever thou goest. How many here have ever gotten weak? How many here have ever said, you know what, I'm going right, to give up right now? And then that little boy comes and says, no, you're not. No, you're not. And he throws back the towel and says, no, you're not. 
I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to make you strong. If you let me make you strong, you're going to see what I can do inside of your life. I don't know about you, but I like to be strong. I don't like to feel weak. I don't like to feel weak because I know my weakness, I don't get the job done. But when I look to God and I kneel down and I look at his word, then my strength comes up. All of a sudden, there's that new me showing up again. That old nature is gone. The new nature comes right up. It pops up. I don't want to be weak. You don't want to be weak. And if you're going through mental situations and the devil is trying to tackle you down, you better be strong. Come on, somebody. You better be strong mentally, physically, and spiritually. Because some of us, man, we're, we ought to be grateful that you can get up in the morning and get dressed. There are people today in the hospitals that can't even get dressed. Somebody's got to dress them. Let me tell you something. You've got to dress yourself spiritually. You've got to pump yourself up so that you can accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. Don't listen to yourself because you're the worst critic of your whole life. Because all the time, if you pay attention to yourself, oh, man, I did that stupid, and I did this, and I did that. Shut up. Keep doing what's right. Just keep doing what's right, because that's what's going to last. Yeah, where am I? Verse 10, right? Am I supposed to read that far? Yeah, I'll go that far. Then Joshua commanded the officers and the people. Pass through the host and command the people, saying, prepare the, the what? Thank you. What is that? That's food, All right? The bowls and the plates, okay. I wasn't going that far, so thank you, Philip. Where was I going? I was going somewhere else. Here we go. Okay, let's stop right there, okay? You see, if you're going to become an army that God is shaping, you're going to have to come into rank. In other words, you're going to have to learn how to submit. How many here have a hard time submitting? Be honest with me. Because submitting is something that you have to push yourself aside and let God bring you into that submission. And sometimes you struggle with that because you look at everything normal and look at everything naturally when God wants you to, to look at it spiritually. If you obey my laws, I will bless you for it. If you obey all everything that I've spoken to you, I will bless you for it. You see, God wants to create this army that is so strong that it's not weak. And the reason why we go through our weakness is to become strong. Let me say it again. The more trials we go through and the more frail we feel... And the more we get up, the stronger we get. Because we start knowing who we are. How many here know who you are? I know who I am. When I get up in the morning, my hair is all crooked. <laughs> Sisters, when you get up, you know, you just don't look that classy. When you look at that mirror, you say, I'm going to fix everything up. And you put some makeup. Thank God for that wonderful makeup. 
Thank God for those beautiful, beautiful glasses that you have, and you know, those mirrors that you have where you turn on the light and you put your face in there and you start coloring it. You're, 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 actually, you're actually a person that is very smart because then you start looking younger and beautiful. What, what happened is that you looked in the mirror. It's about time that we look into this mirror and that this mirror will show us what to do in our lives. God's looking for a strong army, not a weak army. A strong army that is very disciplined mentally, physically, and spiritually. When you become disciplined, it's the best thing that you could ever have because a lot of people don't like discipline. I didn't like discipline when I went into the home. They taught me to get up early in the morning at 6 in the morning and start praying. I didn't like that. But after I knew who, who I was praying to and what was taking place in my life, all of a sudden I got up at 6 o'clock because I wanted to pray. And that discipline in itself is getting me through every single thing that I've gone through. Because that discipline creates a man. It creates a woman. It doesn't create some kind of weak individual. It creates a real man and a real woman that they're willing to go through anything because they know their God because they met him early in the morning or late at night they met him and they roll up their sleeves and they say I'm ready to duke it out I'm ready to go through anything that comes my way I'm gonna face my trials I'm gonna face my people I'm gonna face everything but I know that I'm gonna come out winning because you're a winner you're a winner in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 13, the, this, uh, this tribe, Zebulun, such as went forth to battle, experts of war with instruments of war, 50,000 which could keep rank, and they were not of a double heart. What a powerful, powerful army the Zebulons were. They, could, they were powerful in war, in their instruments of war, 50,000 50, which could keep rank and they were not of a double heart. The sickness of every individual is to have a double heart. A double heart. Wives, you would hate to be with your husband that he was a double heart with you. Not agreeing with you. Putting his eyes somewhere else and not agreeing. That's being double-minded. It's a beautiful thing when you're married and you're not double-minded and you love that lady and she could feel that you're not double-minded. Those ladies can feel everything. They look at you and they say, what's wrong with you? You're acting weird. Why are you acting weird? And they put you through this whole scroll of questions. And they're like genuine detectives. And once you say the right word, they, they all get fixed up. Because they find out that that man really loves them. And we are the same. If we feel like the woman that you have, you know, she's a little crazy. And maybe you made her that way. Well, that, that was over. <laughs> The same way, you know how to correct that lady because she's not flowing with you. And if we do that in the natural, how much more should we be single-minded with God? Nothing fogging us, but keeping rank 
Not being of a double heart. Not being of a double heart because sometimes we say, oh, we love you, Jesus. And then pastor asks you to do something and you act dumb and you don't want to do it. How many times have I asked people, man, they give me an attitude like, yeah, I don't know. They think I don't see that I'm blind. You might not do it here, but you do it inside. Because I'm an expert of knowing what's inside, not just outside. And when they say the right things and do the right things, I said, that's going to be a good couple. That's going to be a good man. Why? Because they can keep rank. They're not, they're not rankers. They're, they're people that are serious to accomplish God's will. I'll give you an example. Just having the worship team there in Riverside last night, that was a, man, that was a, a fantastic word. A fantastic work that they were preaching, just representing our church. They're not of a double-hearted. They were there keeping rank and creating an atmosphere of worship. They put a black eye on that devil. They, they gave him a black eye and a bruise so bad that they didn't even know what happened. Some people in the congregation would say, man, that's your worship team? says, yeah, yeah. And I said to myself, they only knew all the stuff we've gone through. But they're not rankers. They're not of a double heart. They're ministering with all their heart. See, success only comes when you answer the call. You answer the call of what God placed inside of you. You know. When I see Frankie singing, Frankie, where's Frankie? Oh, he's not here. He's got to get saved. He's, oh, he's over there. All right. I can't see that far, Frankie, the lights. When I see him singing, I rejoice. I rejoice because he was a crazy little guy. I mean, he was off, off, and now you see him with a microphone singing. I said, if they only knew who he was. Huh? If they only knew who he was, and now he's singing, and everybody said, that guy can sing, that guy can do this. I said, if you only knew, he had to chop off his horns. And then Isaiah's, when you see Isaiah's playing that piano, I mean, he sounds like a professional. He sounds black. He sounds like... <laughs> Sometimes he puts that Hammond organ on there. I say, all right, here we go. And, and then all of a sudden that Latin comes out. And then all that regular English comes out. And I'm going, man, this guy, such a young man, training himself through YouTube. And now he's... a good piano player. Amazing. Amazing. But he didn't rank out. He didn't quit. He kept on going. And now that thing, piano, is something that he owns. So we need men that are obedient to the call of God. Turn around and tell your neighbor, be obedient, neighbor. Now tell him, don't be a ranker. Now give yourself a clap offering just in case you got mad. <laughs> because success comes when you take your steps. It's like marriage. You want to make your marriage call uh, last? It's called humbling each other. Humbling each other with each other. Don't ever. Husbands have a way of being rude to their wives. You know, you, we don't even know that we're rude. We're just root. 
You know? And sometimes we say the wrong thing, and you find your wife crying. What, what, did, what did I do to you? And she tells you. You ask her, she will tell you. You said the wrong words to me, and I felt like killing you. <laughs> and I'm really hurt with you. And once they start, once they start, you better let them just keep on going. And don't say that it's your fault, because now you're putting another mark on her. Just say, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, baby. I am so sorry. I love you so much. I've been stupid. I'm sorry. I've been drinking that juice of stupid. I'm sorry. I don't even know how to treat you, but I'm learning how to treat you. Oh, come on, man. You know, though. Huh? Yeah, I... I remember Stella one time waking up, man, and she had a knife on my head. She was going to kill me. I did something wrong to her. I had literally, I had to, thank God I woke up. I think the Lord woke me up. I wasn't even saved. And I caught her hand. I said, don't do that. Why are you doing that? And she told me these words, because you hurt me. So I got that knife slowly from her hand. <laughs> Come here, baby. Come here. Pasa al filero que lo me pueden away. Some of the ladies can get that mad because you hurt them so bad. Listen, man, learn how to use your words. Learn not to say anything if you don't know what's going on. And don't do it while the fire is passing. Wait until the fire turns off. And then go like a little gatito, meow, meow. You know how you do it. I'm here to caress you, to help you, and all that. You'll be a better, a better man if you do that. Because that lady is the most special thing that God's given you. And you will be a fool destroying that lady. Because that lady loves you more than you love yourself. And you don't even know it. <laughs> oh, that's the ladies clapping. Yeah. Remember the 11 commandment, man. Thou shalt not be stupid. <laughs> you ought to lift up that lady like if she is the finest glass around. Yes. You know, when you, when you have China, I mean, that fine, what do they call it? China, right? You, yeah, you could, you could tap it and it goes, ding! You get a regular glass, it goes, ding! You get that other with a plastic, bing, that's what she is to you. You don't treat that glass the same way you treat this one. That one is special. That one you keep in the cupboards and you caress it, you clean it. It's expensive and you paid a lot for it and you treat it right. Your wife is the most expensive thing that God has given you. And she's the one that protects you. She's the one that watches your chones. Yeah, I got to say it clear. She is the one that cleans everything for you, and you don't appreciate you. You need to appreciate that lady like you've never appreciated anybody. That lady is everything to you, and the day you lose her is the day you're going to be the biggest crybaby in town. And you're going to remember everything you did wrong. Why are you preaching to me like that? Obey. Don't be a ranker. 
Stay in rank. Get that lady and romance her. Be Pepe La Pew. <laughs> My little cornflake. <laughs> keep that lady happy. If you keep mama happy, the whole house is happy. Come on, somebody. The whole house is happy. Don't get mad at me, man. Well, if you want to get mad, get mad. I don't care. Just do what's right is what's important. Do what's right. I'm glad Pastor Mitchell always got me and jerked me around and said, you better treat this lady right. She, he used to get me, get me, oh man, he got me and he put some principles in my life that I never, never forgot. And I still live them out because a good rebuke is a good thing for your life. Sometimes they used to have that yellow medicine. That was the bitter one. The red one was the nice sugary one. And my mom used to give us the yellow one. Get the trompa over here. <laughs> Sometimes God has to put the sweetness in us. And we don't even know that we're so bitter that we need more sweetness in us. So that we can accomplish better things. And the wives, let me, I don't know why. The wives, come on, sisters. If you learn how to pray and seek God, you will make it through your marriage. And if you have to tell God, this devil, my husband, <laughs> he, he is harassing me, and you give him to God and say, I'm not going to bother with him anymore. I gave him to you, and I am getting out of the way until you finish the job. That's what Stella used to tell me all the time. I've given you to God. I said, ooh, Kayla, it's over. <laughs> I got it at a loss. I gave you to God. You're in God's hand. That put more fear in me than anything else. And guess what? It worked. It worked. It worked. It will always work. So what am I saying? Give that guy to God. Just let him go. I'm not saying run away. I'm saying just let him go to God. Just give him to God. Stick it out with him, but give him to God. And every time he acts up, I'm going to tell God on you. I'll be back. I'm going to go to the prayer closet. I'll be back. And you see, he's going to get you. Once you hear those words coming out of a woman, I don't know how you act, but I know how I acted. I got mad, and then I got glad. Because it helped me. So I'm talking about obedience. Say obedience, obedience. to the laws of God. God. Mm -hmm. OK. So God wants to create a, a, a group of people that can keep rank. And no matter what happens, they're not quitters. They're not quitters. I've had too many people in church say, well, I don't like this, and I don't like that. I'm leaving. Well, goodbye. Come, come back when you're ready. We'll be here. I love you. You know, you just don't understand. I love you. But go ahead and go. And they come back, and I'm open arms with them, and I just love them because they're people. And they got to learn how God does things. And we got a lot of cabezones. You know, in the ocean, you have hammerfish. I have a lot of hammerfishes here. <laughs> In Joshua chapter 1, verse 7, it says, 
Only be thou strong. When did God say that to him? Over and over three times. Because he was going to experience the attitudes of people. You want to be a person that is a good leader? You're going to have to face with the attitudes of people. And you're going to have to carry that honey in you so that you can feed people with honey. Because honey in the morning sure does taste good before you taste anything. I taste a little half a spoon of honey and it sweetens all my mouth and it sweetens my teeth. It does have wonders for my health. And, and one little piece of honey into the day of spending time with God and spreading that honey around in your house. Hey, the lady's going to call you, honey, get over here. You're full of honey. Why? Because now you're saying good words. You're full of honey. You're not full of bitterness and your past and all that stuff. You're looking at people with a different eye. This is why I love people. They tell me, how can you love that person? They're so ugly. Yeah, they might, they might be ugly on the inside, but God's going to get rid of the ugliness that's inside if I keep loving them because love covers a multitude of sins. So he was saying, you're going to deal with men, but as you're dealing with men, men can be cruel. But these men could keep rank. These people were trained, trained to keep rank. Neither, none of them said their opinion. None of them said anything. They were just men of war that said, wherever you want us to go, we're going to go there and we're going to do war. And we're going to win in the kingdom of God because we're not of a double heart. We're not just playing around. We are here to take care of business and to kill the enemy and to tell the devil, you cannot have us. We will not be of a double heart. I could tell with people, I deal with people, and I could tell your attitude towards me. And you know what? When you, hear, when you see me walk away, it's because I just saw something in you. And I don't want to tell you, because you're not man enough to take it. Woo! Yeah, I'm done on that subject. But I see that at that. And they tell me, well, is, are you weak, Pastor? No, God's going to get them. I am not weak. I am strong. I'm just going to pray that God tears them up. That God mops the floor with them. Well, they're so broken, they'll come crying to my door. Pastor, can I talk to you? No. I'll wait another time until you come clean, until you feel the pain of what's wrong inside of you. How do you know pain? Pain is good, but when it gets out of control, where do you end up in the hospital, right? Because only they can take care of the pain. Well, I wait until that pain gets worse until God tells me to cure it. Because now they'll listen to me. A little headache, they ain't going to listen. But deep pain, something that hurts you deep, you'll listen to me after you messed up so bad. And you won't do it again. Why am I saying that? If the shoe fits, put it on. Hallelujah. Just, God wants you to be strong. Say, me, say with me. God wants me to be strong. Strength, and listen to me. Strength in caring for your people, for your family, for your wife, that is strong. Not quitting, not running away. I'm going to get a divorce. Now, later for divorce, that's, it's over. For better or for worse, you said that to God. For better or for worse, stop running. Stop running. I'm coming around, Phil. 
But the same way goes with serving God, for better or for worse. Regardless of how hard it gets, for better or for worse, I am not quitting because I've been called of God. Joshua did not quit. In every battle that he had, he did not quit because God told him, be strong. His ears heard the word of God, be strong. Several times, be strong. And he didn't quit. And the reason why we read about Joshua a lot is because he didn't quit. All the way through, all his life, he did not quit. He did not quit. And God don't want quitters, but he wants us to get strong when we're weak. And he wants us to pray to him so that we can, our strength comes from the Lord, not from our strength. Come on. Mm -hmm. I'm coming. The other thing is that you're going to have to be willing to be pure. Pure. In the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 16, it says, Now while Paul waited in Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idols. His spirit was stirred. There's something about God that when he wants you to do something, he will stir your spirit to accomplish something that is bigger than you. And when he stirs you up, he does it. I remember being in Peru, and, and this guy was telling me, man, that we got a serious problem here. I was there for 28 days. He says, we got a serious problem. It is ugly here. There is a depression. There is this. And I felt stirred in my spirit. I fasted, fasted, and got up at 3 o'clock in the morning every single day of those 28 days. And I got up, and I started praying. When I got to the 25th day, all of a sudden, everything shook. There was an earthquake right there where I was staying. And all of a sudden, five miles radius, all the dogs started barking. And then everybody started turning on their lights. And the pastor came out and says, what happened? I said, I just defeated that demon that had this area bound by the devil. I said, I defeated him. Why? Because I was stirred to accomplish something that I could not do in the human. And he says, I can't believe it. And the next day, we read the newspaper that all the terrorists, they have found the terrorists, they locked them up, threw them in an island, and put them in the deepest prison that they had. Everything in that city was being torn up, but they're stirring. When God stirs your spirit, you're a different person. Listen, you could be stirred and say, you know what, my son is lost, but I'm going to get him saved. I'm going to ask the Lord because I feel stirred. That's my blood. I'm going to see my son come and my daughter come. I'm going to see my family get saved because I'm stirred. And I'm going to do everything that I can to accomplish the will of God for my children. And if I die, I'm going to see them before I die serving God. Because I am stirred to accomplish something that God's placed inside of my heart. You have to be stirred to accomplish it. Listen, Paul was stirred because of the power, the power of false religion. Paul was stirred because of the reckless devotion to the power, powerless God that they were serving. Paul was stirred because of the sacrifice that they were giving, uh, in, giving to, in that building of sacrificing and giving their money towards that building. And Paul was stirred that men cried out to a vain God made out of stone. And Paul was stirred at the blood of Christ that, that, that they were trampling on and they were not paying attention to what God was saying. So Paul was stirred because they were so intelligent that their intelligence were mocking the resurrection and the ascension of the Son of God. So he got stirred and he did something. He stood up right there and he started preaching and started breaking the curses that were there. 
David, the Bible says that he was stirred when he saw Goliath mocking the children of God. I don't know about you, but I hate mockery. When the enemy comes in in a, like a storm and starts mocking me and starts saying, the, listen, that is a sign that I got to get myself stirred up and say to the devil, you are not going to mock me. I'm going to destroy the powers that are coming against me. Listen to what he said. And this day will the Lord deliver thee unto my hands. And I will smite thee, and I will take thy head from thee, and I will give the carcasses, the hosts of the Philistines this day, uh, and the fowls of the air, and the, and, and the wild beasts, they will eat you. And all the earth may know that there is the God of Israel. Don't be afraid of nothing. God will protect you. God has your back, but you've got to stir yourself up. You just can't take a beating without fighting back. None of us have taken a beating without not fighting back. When you're, when you're taking a beating, you fight back all the way until they knock you out. It doesn't matter. This is the way we got to be. we got to stir ourselves to accomplish everything that God wants us to accomplish. Look at Moses. Moses got stirred up because while he was in the mountain, he was stirred up because they were worshiping the golden calf. They put it together. And finally, the scripture says in the book of Exodus 32, verse 19, it says that he, he saw that and he said, okay, okay, I see it. He said, when I get there, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you melt that cow, turn it into powder, and now I'm going to put it in the water so that you could eat it. And he did it. He went down, tore down that golden image, turned it into powder, and he served it to all the people that were mocking God. And can you imagine drinking gold? I don't know how much gold they gave him, but it was bad enough to get him sick. So that could never forget that you don't mock God. When there is godly people around, you will be stirred up. So the Bible says, be strong and be of good courage. The Bible says, stir yourselves up so that you can destroy the works of the enemy. I don't know about you. I do not like when the enemy hits me hard. It gets me ticked off. I get so darn mad. I said, you're not going to, I'm not going to allow that devil. You are not going to have control of this. You will not live through this because I'm going to get you out one way or the other. And he knows that about me. He knows that about me, that I don't mess around when it comes to the things of God. You will not take my people and destroy them. I'll pull you out. I don't care what hole you're in. I'm going to pull you out. Even if you don't have hair, I'll take you by the shirt. Just want to secure all the pelones. I want you to stand to your feet. Would you? Hallelujah.